This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, well, welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast presented to you by BearsIllustrated.com. Your home for Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati alongside Andrew Miner, coming to you a day after Baylor knocks off Texas Tech 45-17 to and improves the team's record to 5-3, and just one win away from clinching a bowl appearance with four games left on the schedule. And what about that defense? Six sacks, including three by Gabe Hall, five interceptions, including three in the fourth quarter after Baylor took a 31-17 lead, and Texas Tech had an opportunity or two to make the game a little bit tighter. And now there was worry late in the third quarter that the Baylor defense was going to collapse as it has done more than once this season. With 2.46 left in the third, the Bears held a 24-10 to lead, and Texas Tech had a fourth and seven from Baylor's eight-yard line. <clears throat> Texas Tech elected to, to go for it instead of kicking a field goal went with the gutsy play, and Red Raiders quarterback Baron Morton ends up running the ball in himself for a touchdown, making it a one-possession game. And at that point, you're kind of thinking to yourself, oh no, is this defense going to turn into Swiss cheese again? Are they going to start giving up a lot of points like, they, like they've done in, in, games, in other games this season? But Baylor's offense answers immediately with a touchdown drive of its own, and in my mind, more importantly, the Baylor defense answers the call in the fourth quarter, getting interceptions on the next three Texas Tech drives, capped off by an A.J. McCarty pick six. Huge answer by the Baylor defense after its well-documented struggles this season. Andrew, what were your thoughts on, on that second-half performance by the Baylor Bears? Well, Pranay, big, big win for the Baylor Bears. I know a lot of people were concerned, especially after the near meltdown against Kansas and, and some of the struggles Baylor's had early on. If, uh, if, if Baylor was honestly even going to get to bowl eligibility, uh, obviously you, you mentioned they still have one win, win to go to do that uh, with some tough opponents ahead. Uh, but it was a big win. First win in Lubbock since 1990 for, for our Bears. Um, big win, 45-17. It, the game was, uh, of course, a lot closer than that score would indicate. I think the defense was was great and um, really took a step forward because uh, the the passing attack, I guess, was just not not quite there for for Texas Tech, um, which is really what's been burning Baylor all year. And then on offense and and special teams, Baylor kind of made sure to not. Um, for the most part, not not shoot themselves in the foot, which was a real problem, obviously, against Kansas and West Virginia and BYU and you know the list, uh, Oklahoma State. The list goes on and on, right? Every game, there's there's something that um, you know just a silly mistake where where Baylor does something that that costs them the game. Um, so I, I was very satisfied. I think I think you know I'm 
mentioned before, I think I mentioned to you before the game that this was a critical, you know, linchpin of the season that it felt like this game, if, if Baylor could win and, you know, look well, then, you know, there's a, a lot of hope to be had for the, the remaining four games of the season. But if they lose, then, you know, uh, obviously the, the, the reverse would be true. Uh, and I think I told, I either told you or someone else, but um, that it definitely was good. I think that that we didn't maybe blow out Kansas on on homecoming. That we suffered a little bit of a scare because I think that made sure that in the week of practice that the the coaches had the, their players full attention um, and that they could coach them to say like, hey, like we gotta be able to finish. You know, look, look if you don't finish, then you're gonna get burned. It's happened to us already. It almost happened against Kansas. Like we're going into Lubbock, Patrick Mahomes, blackout, strange college football things happen in Lubbock on Saturday nights. Um, Joey McGuire, all the other Baylor coaches that you know and love are are on the other, other sideline trying to beat you. Um, so you really gotta you know get juiced up for this game and, and play clean. So I think Baylor basically accomplished uh, everything that they were looking to to accomplish. Um, anything you know stick out to you? Um, I kind of want to piggyback of what you said there about getting that road win in Lubbock. This is Baylor's second Big 12 road win this season, Iowa State, and now Texas yeah. Tech. And I think that's huge for Dave Aranda and the confidence that he has going forward that he can win on the road, not only this season, but just for the rest of his tenure here at Baylor because last year <clears> – <throat> lost at TCU, lost at Oklahoma State, and there have been struggles on the road for Baylor under Dave Aranda. Um, And I've said this before, but the mark of a good coach is being able to win against good teams at home. The mark of a great coach is being able to win against good teams on the road. And and this season, any road win in the Big 12 is a good win, and Baylor's picked up two of them. So it, it, it gives you some confidence that eventually, once Baylor can put it all together, they, they have that opportunity to win big games on the road because there certainly will be big road games in future years. And also, like you said, this game winning this game is huge because the road only gets tougher from here. They start off, like their last four games, Next week is at Oklahoma, and then two big home games against TCU and Kansas State, who just absolutely demolished Oklahoma State, forty-eight to zero. Oh yeah, who would have thought that was going to happen? That, where did that even come from? Have no clue. Have no clue where that even came from. No clue. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, and then finish off at Texas. So the road only gets harder from here, and it's a. It was a great showing by this Baylor team to pull off a road win in Lubbock. Hopefully they'll be able to continue to perform that consistently on both sides of the ball for the rest of the season. Yeah, and it was um, it was nerve-wracking, to, to say the least. Um, but winning on the road is very important. Of course, Aranda lost in 2020 at, um, to Texas Tech, right, um, up, up there but by one point. So, you know had that bitter taste in his mouth as well. Um, 
but definitely felt that this game was nerve-wracking, and I wasn't even supposed to watch this whole game. I had plans on Saturday Night Pernay. Wasn't even supposed to be able to watch it, uh, the, the game in its entirety. And I did actually, we had some things happen where it was reversed um, on, on us, and I was able to catch bits and pieces of it um, on television, but then I had to watch GameCast on the rest of the evening. So I'll just give you the short story, but we're, we're in San Antonio. I'm with uh, my wife and her family in San Antonio, um, and we have the Elton John concert uh, at the Alamo Dome on Saturday night. Um, her and her sister, we, we had bought tickets um, over a year ago for this concert. And, uh, you know, it was just like, okay, well, hopefully I realized when, at the time when we were buying it, it was like, yeah, it's probably a college football weekend going on, but, you know, just have to bite the bullet. And, you know, this is probably, you know, worth, worth it to go there and see Elton John in concert. It'll be fun. Be a good time. So, so we did that. Was hoping that we get like an 11 o'clock start or a 2.30 start. Not the case, 6.30. But the concert starts at 8. We go down there, a lot of traffic, um, just just a zoo, just basically sitting in a parking lot, and all the parking lots are full. So I guess they opened the parking lots at 3, 3 p.m. for an 8 o'clock concert, and they were sold, you know, basically there was no parking down there. Sold out, um, just sitting in traffic. And it's like five of us in, in our car trying to find parking and we're getting further away from the Alamo Dome as the clock is, you know, ticking closer to the countdown. So, of course, I'm already missing, you know, the first quarter, the opening of the game. Uh, and we're sitting down there. There's a Dia de, de los Muertos uh, event festival uh, right next to the Alamo Dome as well. Uh, Elton John had canceled his Houston concert um, because the Astros made the World Series. So like all these Houston folks were driving up to San Antonio to see uh, him in San Antonio. There must have been over like 75,000 people <laughs> um, just in the downtown San Antonio area, wow. either for Dia de los Muertos or Elton John or, you know, just whatever. Uh, crazy, crazy Saturday night. Ultimately, it gets to the point where I tell my wife, her sister, her dad, her friend, I was like, you know what? You guys get out of the car and just walk like they were, we were close enough to the Alamo Dome like you guys just walk five minutes get in line scan the tickets go in I'll drive back home right and I'll either figure out a way to get back or I'll just come pick you up after the concert or whatever drive back home get to watch you know get to watch Baylor for a few you know end of second quarter, start of the um, third quarter, saw the interception, us go up 24 to three. I get a call and they say, just complete zoo, just madness down there. Like only one door, the Alamo Dome is open to get in. People are just like vomiting in the, you know, in the bathrooms. Like it's just, it's freaking crazy. Um, there's no, no staff to be had. It's, it's, it's freaking mess. And they're like, Hey, can you come back and, and pick us all up? Like, we're not going to stay for the whole concert. And I was like, oh, my God. Drive, get back in the car, drive. We just went up, literally just went up 24 to 3, driving back downtown. Literally, you know, have to swerve. There's there's accidents on the, on the highway, exiting to the Alamo Dome, just, you know, fender benders and, and things like that. A lot of traffic uh, to the point where they've walked out. Now there's four of them I'm picking up. Two of them are inside the Alamo Dome. Two of them are walking out. 
uh, and I'm just in a Denny's parking lot in downtown San Antonio. Nope, not in a parking space, just emergency flashers on in front of a Denny's uh, waiting for them to come. My wife and her dad get in the car and they're like, okay, like we're ready. Well, now her sister calls her and is like, actually, we're going to leave too, like, because we don't want to stay. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's probably a 15 minute walk. So they decide we're going to leave, just stay in the Denny's. Meanwhile, I'm seeing us fumble out in, like, in our own territory, Baylor, on the game. I only have the game cast. I see us fumble. I see the fourth and seven conversion into a touchdown. I'm like, great, great, we're going to blow it again. And now I'm not even seeing Elton John. And I'm not seeing the game. Like, I was always not going to see the game, but at least I was going to see the concert. And now I'm not seeing the concert and the game. Oh, man, it was uh, it was a mess. But we got back for the fourth quarter and uh, got to see the Bears win. So it was a uh, it was a crazy, crazy night um, for sure. Uh, and I didn't even get in there. I didn't even get inside the Alamo Dome. Um, but, uh, you know, so... My details may be a little fuzzy, but I got, you know, I was able to see enough and at least I saw enough of the good parts to to have a good weekend and en- enjoy that game. <laughs> that sounds crazy. I I was on mute, but I was laughing the whole time as you were telling that story. <laughs> that that is wild. But I'm sorry you didn't get to see either Elton John or <clears throat> most of the Baylor game. That that Yeah. That's so right. it it, ha- it happens apparently, you know, it just wasn't just one of those things, I guess. It wasn't well done, uh, and I think we underestimated, at least I did, like how crazy the Alamo Dome in downtown was going to be. And it's it's weird because we've been, we I've been there for I've been to the Alamo Dome for Spurs games, um, Keith Urban concert, Final Four, college football games, and it's never been um, you know that bad. It's been busy, been packed, but it's never been like I don't even know what to do, like <laughs> like I can't find anywhere to park type thing. So. Uh, it was, it was nuts. I was probably on, I was probably on the road Saturday night for as long as Baylor had time of possession, uh, against Texas Tech, which was 40 minutes. <laughs> Just wow. Can the Alamo Dome even fit 75,000 people? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the capacity is and I'm not sure. I don't think 75,000 were actually in for the concert, but between the concert and the Dio Domos Los Muertos, uh, event, I, I think gotcha. there was definitely like... 70k people 75k people there um that's crazy. just in the downtown area so <laughs> damn what a what a night that's a it's a good story for you to tell yeah at least baylor it, got uh, the win baylor got the win and now we set up a uh you know hopefully a uh you know turning point you know crucial turning point of the season keep keep on playing well and you know win win a win a few more football games and make things interesting if we can uh win next week and then like you mentioned the home games against Kansas State and TCU we might be exactly where we thought we were at the beginning of the season in terms of how important those home games are to get to um, potentially a Big 12 championship game obviously have to win against Oklahoma first but uh, it wasn't exactly how he drew it up I don't think Pernay right but could could be exactly kind of where we thought we would be you know in in mid-November Maybe, yeah, and and with Kansas State beating Oklahoma State yesterday, that puts us in a very interesting situation because now Oklahoma State has two conference losses, yeah, just like Baylor does, and Kansas State currently has one conference loss, so if Baylor were to beat Kansas State, you could have these teams sitting at 
to well, of course that would mean Baylor has to beat TCU as well as Oklahoma. And I think Oklahoma, I think that game is now like a fifty-fifty game. Maybe Oklahoma gets the edge a bit because they've also looked good, and it's it's at Oklahoma. Um, but I think that Baylor has a, a very good shot of winning that game, and then it comes down to can Baylor beat TCU? Can Baylor beat Kansas State? Can Baylor beat Texas? It's going to be very interesting, but they're, they're, the opportunity is there now that Oklahoma State has gotten its second conference loss. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, I have a feeling, if I had to predict it now, I, I, think, I think we're going to maybe miss out on, on the conference championship game. Um, and it's, and it's going to be that West Virginia loss that comes back to bite us. I think we're going to be kicking ourselves uh, for, for that one. But it, just if I had to guess now, of course, I'm very optimistic that, that we can get it done. I think we could win any game that we're in, but crazy things happen each Saturday, so it's hard to it's hard to string them together. But I think Baylor certainly looks like a uh, you know top twenty five team on Saturday night. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I think you said that this te- you said last week that this Texas Tech game was going to be was going to show us whether Baylor can is going is has the opportunity to be one of the top teams in the Big 12 and still compete for the Big 12 championship. And we found out that they are a good team. I think that this Oklahoma game is going to really tell us if if Baylor is actually in it this year. Because if Baylor can beat Oklahoma, not just beat Oklahoma, but beat them convincingly, then I think that Baylor really has a chance to to possibly run the table or or who knows? Go two and one, maybe a three loss team somehow gets in with how crazy the Big Twelve maybe. has been this season. Um, but I think Baylor is going to have to beat Oklahoma convincingly to convince me that they're legit and they can they can really go in there and do some damage in those next three games, which are probably going to be even tougher than Oklahoma. Um, <clears throat> but if Baylor does end up running the table or going three and one and making the Big Twelve championship game and and being the spot that we thought they would be before this season started, it's going to be on the back of Richard Reese. That man has been an absolute workhorse. I mean, talk about a workhorse running back. He had 36 carries yesterday for 148 rushing yards. He has been so huge for this football team and for this offense. With all the injuries, especially that Baylor has had at the running back position, having Richard Reese, a guy, because not every running back has the ability to to stand in that backfield and, and take thirty six carries and get hit thirty six times by these massive defensive players and stay in there and stay healthy. But Richard Reese has shown that he can do it. So if Baylor ends up doing what we thought they would do, it's going to be on the back of Richard Reese. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, the, the last two games, 67 carries, um, over 300 rushing yards, and five touchdowns in the last uh, two games against Kansas and Texas Tech. Um, you know, he's had multiple games with uh, 
you know, high, high amounts of, of carries. You know, this is his third conference game where he's had at least 20 carries or, or, or more. Um, and I think that was a lot of our question, you know, at the beginning of the year, like, hey, we got running back by committee, right? And we have an unproven group of receivers. And who's going to take that next step for, uh, you know, to be the guy? Richard Reese, I think, long ago has proven that he, you know, he's the guy, even as a true freshman, uh, for, for Baylor and like give him the rock and, and just let him pound, pound his way through, right. His 791 rushing yards on, on the season. So um, be interesting to see uh, if he, if he keeps having the success, you know, where, where he ends up um, and he probably sets a freshman record for Baylor. Um, and then for the, for the wide receivers, I think you saw how Presley and, um, uh, Gavin Gavin Holmes makes some huge catches uh, against Texas Tech. Right, Presley had that huge one. I didn't see this one, but I saw the highlights. Of the he had an acrobatic catch on the sideline uh, early in the first half, and then um, he had the the touchdown um, in the in the corner of the end zone where where Shapin just floated it there, uh, which was you know um, a great great pass and was right there, and then. Gavin Holmes had had a, a few nice catches him, himself, one down the sideline, one across the middle of the field that was on a, a critical third down. And you can help fill in the blanks um, for our listeners, Pranay. Uh, my mind's kind of <laughs> scattered a little bit of where exactly those, those were. But, um, you know, some big catches. So I think the receiving core still has to continue to make big catches. Um, but the offense looked complete. Even though I didn't see the whole the whole game, it looked like a complete offense um, last last night, and uh, I think again that's exactly what we kind of expected was that this offense would have to improve, you know, week over week this year, and we you know we were just going to have to kind of weather the storm early in the season to see if we could get you know pull out some some key victories, which of course we we couldn't, and then we shot ourselves late, you know, kind of in the mid year, um, but the offense I think has easily improved uh week over week this season yeah no i think you're spot on with everything you said there and you 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 called it before the season that hal presley you thought hal presley would be the best running best receiver that baylor has so i guess it's debatable who's been i'm, I'm not sure he's the best but but, but he's been good but he's been you know he's been stepping up for sure um yeah uh, yeah see good call on that um but yeah, the offense looks it's, it looks good. Obviously, the running game is very good, and Blake Shapin has been he's been playing solid football lately, which is all we need from him at this point to yep. to be competitive against any team in the Big Twelve. He he's not making well he this this week he didn't really make mistakes. Obviously, last week he had a couple picks in that 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 really bad fumble. But as long as he can continue to not make mistakes and make some of the throws that he's able to make, the offense will be fine. I think the biggest thing is the defense. They stepped up to the plate against Texas Tech on Saturday. Five interceptions against three different quarterbacks. Can, Five can you, interceptions. Can you throw me in? Why? Why? I guess I know one guy was injured uh, in in Tech's opener, but why? Why were they using three three quarterbacks and? What's the quarterback situation at Tech? I, I didn't, I didn't get to hear the commentary on that. I actually wasn't able to listen to the commentary either. But I mean, it was Baron Morton for most of the game. They didn't yeah. really, 
They didn't really use. It's not like they used three quarterbacks consistently. Yeah, um, and then they threw they threw the final guy in there. Um, uh, you know, the last couple of drives, and that's when he threw the pick six to McCarty. Right, first first pass right off the bench. Boom, pick six. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, but but yeah, Morton just like he looked like a freshman, which he is. Okay, that's fair enough, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's that's basically what happened. Baylor got lucky to play a freshman quarterback, and they're not going to be playing freshman quarterbacks the rest of the season. So, well, Quinn Ewers, I guess, is technically technically a redshirt freshman, but he's not. He's not. He's yeah, no. Things <laughs> were expected from him. He he almost took down Bama. Um, you know, it'll be interesting if it's Will Howard or Adrian Martinez at, at Kansas State, Max Duggan, um, yeah. of course. At, I mean, at I don't TCU. know if you watched the – did you watch the Kansas State game yesterday? Will Howard looked – Looked really, really good. good. Right? Yeah, no, I didn't I – didn't, uh, I didn't see the full game of that, but um, – uh, but yeah, I just, I just saw the scoreboard keep going up and it was like, how, like, it doesn't surprise. I don't think it's surprised. One of my friends would texted me because he knows I'm Baylor and big 12 guy. And he texted me. He was like, what, what's going on with Kansas state over Oklahoma state? And I was like, I don't think anybody's surprised that Kansas state is winning or won, but 48 to, to nothing. Yeah. I think we're all very confused of, of how that shutout happened. <laughs> um, for yeah. sure, and Oklahoma struggled against Iowa State um, as well, and, and TCU struggled against West Virginia. Um, Oklahoma, what they want? They were up thirteen, like six at halftime. They won twenty-seven to thirteen, and one of their touchdowns was on a on a fake field goal, brilliant fake field goal. But basically, their offense only scored twenty points against Iowa State. Yeah, I mean that's kind of been the story of Iowa State this season. Pretty, yeah. pretty bad offense, low-scoring offense, and a defense that can kind of keep them in the game but isn't able to complete the job. So, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma's a winnable game. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll definitely have our work. We have our work cut out for us. The Bears do. But it's it's possibly all still in front of them. Yeah, no, definitely. Um Definitely had the work cut out for us, but I think, like you just said, winnable game in Norman at, against Oklahoma. Um, they just got to keep focused and you know not make the same mistakes. I think there's still a few things to clean up um, from the the game against Tech, and you know hopefully they can get a win and just create a little bit more hype going into those those home November games um, at McLean. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Pranay, first, first, the first release of the college football playoff rankings are coming out this Tuesday. I know we're planning to release an episode once once that happens uh, to to talk about the rankings and kind of talk about the other things that happened in in college football. But I want to ask you two questions. I want to ask you um, who you have as your who you have in your Big Twelve championship game at this moment, and number two, who are your top. Uh, Let's go top seven um, teams uh, rankings in the nation. Okay, in the Big Twelve championship game right now, I have TCU versus Kansas State. They they look like the two clear best teams in the Big Twelve so far, um, and there's nothing to show me, especially after Kansas State dominated Oklahoma State this week, that either of them is 
not one of the top two teams in the conference. And yeah. top seven, top seven teams. Let's see. I'd go. I go one. Georgia, two Tennessee, three Ohio State, four Michigan. No. Uh, yeah, four Michigan, five Alabama. Um. Six and seven is tough. I, I'm gonna go six. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, Clemson's good. TCU's good. I'd probably go. I'd probably go. Clemson, TCU. I think that's very in line with the current AP poll. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's about in line. Let, let me agree with you real quick on TCU, Kansas State. I think that um. Seems to me, if I had to predict it today, I, I would agree. I think that's the the title game, um, and and we get a rematch there, which would be a pretty good rematch. And I think I'll add I'll add the caveat. I think Baylor comes up just short of of uh, the Big Twelve title game because I do think and continue to think that they will make a run and a push at it. I just think they're going to come up a little bit short, and I think that's again um, that the West Virginia game is 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 what's going to you know keep them out. Um, Top top seven for me, and I did top seven on purpose. I'll tell you why in a second. But Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. Although I, I did watch the Ohio State Penn State game, um, very very interesting. I'm very excited to see Ohio State Michigan close the season, but I'll keep them at three and four for now. Um, and I'm looking here five <clears throat> five. I actually have. Um, uh, Oregon, set, uh, six, I have Bama, and then seven, I have Clemson. So I do I have like to just out, but you, I got to give um, props to to Oregon. They continue to look look good, um, and they're in the driver's seat, and I give them a lot of credit for playing Georgia um, in the in the non-conference too. So that's, uh, that's why I have my top seven, obviously – this is going to change as we get down the stretch. So excited to see kind of what the committee does because they always seem to uh, be hypocritical and, and just completely screw it up every, every week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see what happens. Who do you think the committee is going to have? One, two, and three. One, two, I three, think and four. Teams, but they probably have Ohio State at two. I think, think, so. I think you don't think they have Tennessee? Or it's you and I, but I think they'll, I think they'll put Tennessee behind Ohio State. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think, I, I think they'll have Tennessee at – actually, I think, I think they'll have Tennessee at two. But we'll see. Maybe one. No, I think I think they'll keep mm. – Because, yeah, Georgia dominated Oregon, but I don't know. I don't know. And that's where I would have a bone to pick with the committee because, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I, I think they probably go Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I think they'll, I I think they'll go Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. But I mean, I mean that's what I have. So yeah, that's what yeah. we both have. I think, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. I just all right. They failed us many times in the past. For sure. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. We'll hope we'll hopefully be back on Wednesday morning with a podcast reflecting on the first college football playoff rankings release. But big win for Baylor on Saturday and four big games left on the schedule. 
let's keep Thanks it going. So. Let's keep it going. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And girls.